Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I'm thankful we have a good shepherd. I'm thankful we have a great shepherd. I'm thankful we can know the chief shepherd. Notice in our context there that we've been preaching through the past few Sundays, Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. With God's help this morning, church, I want to preach a message to you entitled, The Shepherd Leads Me. The Shepherd Leads Me. Would you pray with me? Father, we do rejoice in your word as one that finds great spoil. Your word is living, Lord. It is powerful. It is, Lord, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And God Almighty, we cling to it this morning. We are thirsty and hungry for it. And we're asking You to use it in our lives, Lord, to help us. Lord, to strengthen us, to correct us, to comfort us. And Lord, I confess I cannot do this without Your empowering. And so I yield myself to You, Lord. And I ask You to use the message to glorify Your name. And I pray that we would all be different because of Your Word and the power of Your Spirit. Oh, God. Change lives. Change me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The shepherd leads me. That's what I want to focus on this morning. As we notice that phrase found there in in verse number 3, the second part of the verse, we see it says, The shepherd, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. You know, as sheep, we get lost very quickly. Sheep are known for going astray. In fact, that's why we find there in, uh, in, in Isaiah, as Isaiah quoting, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone turning his own way, going his own way, that is the tendency of of sheep. And so we, as God's children, who are likened to sheep, uh, struggle with that as well. And it is interesting to note that David, who was a shepherd himself, before he became king, but then even as king, he would have a role of shepherding the nation of Israel, But even as a young shepherd boy, he understood the importance of leading the sheep because of their tendency 
to get lost, to get confused, to get disoriented, and to lose their way. One of the most fascinating but perhaps least understood behaviors of the domestic cat is their ability to find their way home from an unknown location. Unfortunately, uh, that happens a lot of times uh, when you didn't want it to happen. But nevertheless, the behavior is known as homing and is well documented in pigeons and some other animals. The homing ability is poorly understood even in pigeons, but it may be due to an unusual sensitivity to the geomatic field of the earth, which enables the cat to keep a compass fixed on their home region, regardless of distance and direction traveled. Maybe you've had that situation happen where a cat, uh, have you heard of a cat that was lost or whatnot and uh, had found its way home? In fact, I read a couple articles. I don't know how true it is, but one cat was documented by a, a, a family that had moved uh, from Georgia to South Carolina but left it with another family. They adopted it and uh, that was 200 miles away that I believe it was about six months later the cat shows up. 200 miles. Now, listen, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, the people that adopted it gave it back, probably. Who knows? But it is that the family testifies that that's not what happened. The cat found its way back to its its owners. And that's pretty phenomenal. And we've heard of stories of that nature. But we know without a doubt, through understanding the gifts of animals and the strong points of animals, that is not the case for sheep. Sheep are most definitely directional, cha- directionally challenged. They have a tendency to go astray. They have no sense of direction. Maybe there's some humans here today that can relate with no sense of direction. Maybe you say, well, I hope someone else has got a map with them or a GPS because I can get lost very Quickly, you know, I've asked somebody before, you know, um, uh, I believe it was, in fact, one of the evangelists that um, that was just here with us. And we were traveling and we were going out and um, and I said to him, he went out with us uh, for some canvassing, passing out flyers. And and then I was here at the church. We were going over areas that we needed to go back to. And I said, now, do you remember such and such neighborhood? He said, I have no idea where I'm at, Pastor. He didn't know where, even though he had been there. And sometimes we can even be challenged in that way. But we see sheep, uh, first of all, do not see well. So that goes against them. Their vision is not very clear. And so that, uh, again, causes them to be uh, easily lost and to, to, to truly get off course. Now... In a pasture that you will notice, especially in the context of David over in Palestine and Israel and whatnot, and, and, and even here in the States, depending on where you are, there are so many paths in a pasture. And the, the shepherd is the one that knows those paths. Okay? And he has sp- specific ones that he wants the sheep to take. But there are times where the sheep don't want to take that path. 
that has has laid out for them. There are sometimes, even in this context, even in, in, in areas of Palestine where there would be a precipice and there would be paths that would lead over. And it's, it's truly documented that there are times where sheep will go right over uh, a precipice. They will fall to their death. They will not stop. They will go right over. And guess what? Another fact about sheep. Sheep follow sheep a lot of times. And so when sheep would do that, the other sheep would follow in right behind. That's another reason why we need to be careful who we're following. But the fact of the matter is, it does happen. These these uh, paths can can lead to a blind alley. Uh, paths that go off track, paths that go too far. If the sheep were to get ahead of the pasture, there are paths that don't go anywhere. There are times where uh, a, a sheep wants to stay placed in, in one spot. And the, and the shepherd uh, has to come along and give them some guidance. Listen, church, this is why every one of us need the great shepherd to lead us. Does anybody else feel in their life right now that they are lacking some direction? They are lacking some leadership from the Lord or lacking some wisdom on what they need to do. I want to tell you, you look to the great shepherd. He is going to lead you. I think of Psalm 17.5. The psalmist would utter this prayer. Hold up my goings and thy paths. That word path there is the same path that we see in our text where it says, lead me in the paths of righteousness. You know another way you could say that phrase right there? Paths of righteousness? The right path. Lead me in the right path. Because mark it down, church. Every path that God leads you is the right path. He doesn't lead people astray. He doesn't play games with His sheep. He doesn't stand back and allow us to take the wrong way when we are seeking the right way. He's the good shepherd. He knows your heart. And even if in the goodness of your heart, you're going in direction and you do it ignorantly and you get off track. Let me tell you, you have a good shepherd that sees your heart. He sees you mean well and he will get you back on track. Thank God for that. There are times and I had good intentions and I thought I had the right motivation and I took a certain path and I realized that it was the wrong one later on. But thank God, I have a good shepherd who got me back on track. And I appreciate that about my Lord. And He's the great shepherd. You notice He says, Psalm 17, 5, Hold up my goings and thy paths. He says, That my footsteps slip not. I like Psalm 100, verse 3 says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It goes on to say, It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and get it, and the sheep of His pasture. Listen, I want to encourage you, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, you don't have one thing to worry about because you have a shepherd who is responsible for you. And and I'm speaking this morning specifically in the area of guidance, of leading you in a right path. How does God lead us? I'd like to give you three ways I believe the Lord leads us. And this is not exhaustive, but I'd like to give them to you if you're taking notes. Please note with me, how does the great shepherd lead us? Now, with these points, let me make a note here. I will be making some double application. I believe the first application is what we find in the text, how we interpret 
uh, this meaning. The interpretation of this is the fact that we have the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, leading us. That's the first primary application. But secondly, dads, I'm going to be making some application to you as well. Where you are responsible for being a shepherd, an under shepherd, if you will, of your home. Number one, notice with me, how does the shepherd lead? He leads by his example. He leads by his example. Now, as the shepherd goes out with his flock in the field, now I'm no expert in shepherding. I've done a little bit of reading as I've been researching these messages and whatnot. But I do understand the idea that sheep uh, need someone to lead them. As I mentioned earlier, they are directionless in the sense of direction and they need that shepherd to get out in front of them and show them the way to go. He even needs to get beside them. Sometimes he will even get behind them. But he is always helping them go in the direction that he has picked out for them. And he does this by his example. And I want to tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to lead you and me and has led you and me by his example. The good shepherd. Notice what the Bible says in John 13, 15. Jesus says, I have left you an example. Excuse me. I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Hey, when in doubt, friend, when you're going through the Christian life and you come to a, an area where you are just unsure what to do, can I say something that will never fail you? Just be like Jesus. Follow His steps. Look to Him and His Word. What would the Lord Jesus Christ do in this situation? We need to look to our King, our Shepherd. He says, I have left you an example. Do as I have done to you. I'm thankful this morning that I have no doubt when I look to the Word of God, when I see the walk of my Savior, I can without a doubt follow His example. With, with the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't, even have, I don't ever have to wonder about, is it right to follow Jesus? I think of 1 Peter 2.21. It, he, he, it says, For even hereunto were ye called. Who's he talking to? Christians. Called to do what? What are you called to do this morning? You say, preacher, I haven't been called. Well, I want to tell you, you've been called. Listen to your call. Listen to my call. Hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow His steps. There's your calling. There's my calling. Right there in the Word of God, it is said that as sheep, we are to follow the shepherd. We are to follow His steps. Steps in what? Well, think about the life of Jesus Christ with me just for a moment. First of all, I think about his suffering, the suffering of Jesus Christ, the things he experienced because of who he was, because of who he stood for, because of what he was accomplishing. Yes, he suffered much. He suffered on that cross of Calvary. Now, nobody's telling us that we have to go. I'm not certainly not telling you. And the word of God is not telling us that we need to go uh, die on a cross somewhere. That's not now it could happen. It happened to the Apostle Peter. He was crucified upside down on a cross. But what I believe it's saying more than anything, church, is the fact that we need to be willing to suffer for our Christian faith. We need to be willing to take a stand. 
need to be willing to be embarrassed if that's what it takes. It needs to be one that who's going to stand alone, suffering alone. There are some Christians, a sheep, they don't they don't want to uh, to follow in the steps of the shepherd because it will be painful. But we want to be like Christ. We want to be like our shepherd. I think about relationships. Think about Jesus and the relationships he had with his disciples. Remember how uh, patient our Lord was with the disciples? You remember the times that he would get in these dialogues with Peter and, and others? Remember Thomas? <laughs> Doubting Thomas? Remember how he came back to the upper room and worked with Thomas? Remember those, those conversations that he had with others and people, the people of Israel? Remember the woman at the, at the well, the Sumerian woman that was considered unclean to the Jewish people? Remember that conversation? Remember Jesus and his relationship with people? That's where we are to follow. In those steps, you're not sure how to treat somebody. You're not sure in a situation. You know what you need to do? You need to look to your shepherd, your good shepherd, and follow his example. You know, I I think of relationships. And and, in this context, you know, I think of even you dads here this morning. I think of the fact of as you seek to be an example to your family, what kind kind of example are you being? What kind of example are you being to your children when it comes to the Word of God and the Bible and your prayer life? What about the way you speak to your spouse? What about the way you communicate? What about the way that you uh, humble yourselves and apologize when things have gone wrong and you've made bad decisions? What about your willingness to to be faithful to church and, and to be a faithful witness? What about your example in evangelizing? Do any of you dads here carry gospel tracts with you? If you don't, you really should. You want to be an example to your children that the people that you're coming in contact with on a daily basis are souls for whom Jesus died. And you want to, you want to show a, a demonstration that, hey, these people matter to God, to Jesus, and they matter to me. And your children will catch those types of things. Your children need to see your love for your wife and your affection for her. You know, to how to, to be an example to your daughters. Hey, Dad, let me ask you something. What if your daughter marries a husband the, the, the way you are towards your wife? Would that be problematic to you? Then what I would do is I'd say, Lord, please help me. I'm not loving my wife. I want my daughter to see what a husband's supposed to be like. I don't want my, my daughter marrying a jerk. I don't want marrying my, uh, my daughter marrying a man that's not going to talk with her. That's not going to spend time with her. I'm not going to marry, I don't want my daughter marrying a man like that. I want, I want my daughter to have a godly husband. A spirit-filled husband. Well, dads, that's where you take responsibility and demonstrate through the fullness of the Holy Spirit to be the dad that God's called you to be. You know, what about your sons? You want to be that example to your boy of what what a godly man looks like, what he takes responsibility for, his accountability, his love and kindness, his humility, his willingness to step up. I'm telling you, it's going to come from your example. That's how we learn obedience from Jesus Christ, is it not? We learn from him because he obeyed the father. He showed us that. We see his example in evangelism. We see his example in prayer. You know, he told the disciples, he said, watch, watch. Hey, dads, you know what we need to do? And I'm not saying this needs to be artificial or mechanical, but you know what, dads, we need to do sometimes? We need to gather the kids up 
And we need to say, come, we're going to pray. You're going to pray with me. We're going to pray together. I want you to watch Daddy pray. Not because you're trying to be a showboat, because you're trying to communicate to your children, kids, our life depends on prayer. We need to get a hold of God. We depend upon God. We can't function in this life without crying out and depending upon the Lord. Because a lot of times what children will see dads, they will see dads and moms and families floating through life, going through the motions without uttering up prayers of dependence upon the Almighty. And what that teaches is that we really can get along in life without God. And so, dads, I want to urge you this morning, set a decision in your mind and heart today that I got to be an example to my children to what it means to pray and depend upon Jesus Christ. I'm not going to make prayer a little issue. You let the Spirit of God lead you. And if you're like me, you got some little ones in the house. Hey, it's okay. Remember. It's training ground. It's training ground. I remember when I went to boot camp, and uh, I've never done so many push-ups in my life, and it was because we were doing a lot of things wrong. And it was because, and they expected that. I mean, they're working with you, they're training you, they're working through those things. I remember we had like a hundred people in our company, and without fail, every single time. It without fail, maybe the last couple of weeks, it, we, we did it with, without anybody messing up. But we had a hundred people and we went through in the mornings when we call muster call. You had to call out your number. Zero one, zero two, zero three. And we weren't all side by side. So it was all over the squad bay. You'd hear zero one and you know, zero two, zero two, three, zero five, six. You know, of course, we're going in order. But by without a doubt, if there was a two second delay, if there was more than one second delay, we got beat. Because you got zero five nine who's sleeping. He's not paying attention, so you got zero five six, zero five seven, zero five eight. And we're all going. Oh! Out of the squad bay! We'd have to go out and they'd just they'd kill us. But you know, it's training ground. We were learning. Well, listen, dads, can I remind you that right now as a, as a parent, you are training your kids and preparing them for the real world. Because you and I know the real world is ugly. It's mean. It's vicious. It's powerful. And what we got to do with our children, we got to prepare them spiritually. Put the emphasis on the Word of God. Listen, the most alive book and the most important book in this world is this Bible right here. And sometimes it's the most least read, the most least emphasized. And why is that? It's because I believe dads have dropped the ball. And I've been that one before. And what we got to do is to realize, no, i got to renew my strength and my example of emphasizing of what's important. The Lord Jesus gave us the example of giving. He gave us the example of forgiveness. He gave us the example of love. He gave us the example of humility. He gave us the example of praise. He gave us the example of overcoming temptation. He did. You said Jesus was tempted. Yes, He was. The devil tempted Him three times. And He, he responded with the Word of God every time. The Lord Jesus was tempted. He has given us the pattern to follow. 
And He is indeed. Are we looking to our Good Shepherd? Are we being led by Him and His example? Dads, are you being a pattern for your family to follow? Secondly, not only does the shepherd lead by his example, but, but I believe he leads by his voice. If you're taking notes, that's he leads by his voice. You know, Jesus made it clear, did he not? In John 10, we, we looked at that the other day. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. They hear my voice. You see, the shepherd speaks to his sheep. I have no doubt that the shepherd is speaking to hearts right now. Right now, as I preach this message, as you read your Bible, as you hear any other message, as you were in Sunday school this morning, and even outside of those environments, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. But I want to tell you, church, let me comfort you. We have a shepherd that is speaking to us all the time. It's sometimes in that still, small voice. Sometimes it's in a very clear, almost even seems audible, it's so clear. But nevertheless, the shepherd is always speaking. He's communicating to us. He's taking that time to guide us with his voice. Do you hear the voice of God in your life? I'm not talking about an audible voice, but do you hear the Lord speaking to you as you read his word? If you're not reading His Word, you're not going to hear the voice of God like He's wanting you to hear it. I hope you've been been blessed by reading through the Psalms and the Proverbs. How many times, if you look at the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs, I looked at this recently, of all the books in the Bible, the, the Psalms and the Proverbs have the most accounts of the words uh, hear. In other words, hearing from God. Hearing His voice, hearing His commands, hearing His instructions, hearing His counsel. We see the Lord speaks. Sheep may not have good vision. They may not have a good sense of direction. But you know something interesting about sheep is they have excellent hearing. And you know, there's some application there for us. God has enabled us to be good hearers. That's why He said, be slow to speak, but swift to hear. Swift to listen. And and we know that God has enabled us to hear His voice. We know the voice of the shepherd. But are we listening? Let me... Give you an illustration here just for you dads here for a moment. Some of you may not relate having teens in your house. But in McDowell, uh, Arthur, Arthur McDowell uh, reveals that when he, in his book that he wrote, The Dad Difference, he wrote this, that these statistics was what he found out in his study. The average teen in our churches spends only two minutes a day in meaningful dialogue with his dad. Twenty-five percent of these teens say that they have never had a meaningful conversation with their father, a talk centered on the teen's interest. And it's a sobering reminder to us as dads that, listen, as the role of an under-shepherd in our home, we need to be making time to talk 
with our children. I mean, even if it's awkward, we need to talk, we need to ask questions, we need to find out what their interests are and make sure that we are speaking to them. It will have a great impact on their lives to hear from dad, not just when it's correction, when it's sometimes necessary. But there are times that you also need to give words of comfort, words of affirmation, words of encouragement. Hey, let's go get a bite to eat and just talk. How's your day? What you've been studying? What you're struggling with? Let me tell you some things I'm struggling with. I, I was shocked one day, church, when I was encouraged uh, by something my wife and I read. And they were trying to teach parents about how to engage their children to get them to talk. So it, I thought I'd give it a shot. I didn't think it would work. But what happened is, what you're supposed to do is you pick the kid up from school or whatever the context is. And as soon as they get in the car, you start telling them from the time you woke up until the time you picked up all that you did. You go through the details. I had a bowl of frosted mini-wheats this morning. I had two cups of coffee. It was really good. And then I, you go on, and then I, I went to the church, and I studied and, and prayed, and then I, I went and visited so-and-so, and, and uh, I talked to so-and-so, and, and you go through the details of your, of, of your day, and sure enough, when, by the time I got done with that, when I normally would get this, if I were to ask them when they got into the vehicle, how did your day go? Without a fail. Good. But this time it was different. After I went through my day, they then, they then proceeded to do the same exact thing. From the time they went into that classroom, they told me all the things they did throughout that day. Now, I'm not going to say that's going to work perfectly every time, but it taught me something. Our children do like talking with us. But you know what they need? They need an example. And we get frustrated when they don't do what we expect them to do and the expectations are up here when we need to follow through example. Share what God has done in your life or what God's doing in your life. Share what you've read in your devotions. Share what God is teaching you. Share about your failures. Share about your successes and be an example that the Lord wants to have. The voice that God gives us daily in leading us. I think about the aspect of our Lord as shepherd. He says in Revelation 3.20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. That's Jesus talking to believers like you and me. And he's saying, if it, he says, if you will hear my voice. And many times the sheep want to get away from God, but He's knocking. Let me in. I want to talk. I love you, child. Do you want to hear my voice? Open the door and let me in. Let me sup with you. Let me fellowship with you. God Almighty, does that not just blow your mind the thought that God is knocking initiating, being intentional, wanting to talk with me. Oh, my friends, that's the heart of God. Luke eleven twenty eight says, But he said, Jesus, unto a response, in responding, he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. They hear the voice of God and they seek to follow it. 
Those are His sheep. And I want to say here this morning very reverently. There's some here this morning, maybe you don't hear the voice of God. You don't hear your shepherd leading you. John 8, 47 says, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore, ye therefore hear them not because you're not of God. And the sad truth that Jesus was saying there is that these Pharisees that that were trying to claim they were religious and whatnot. But Jesus says, you don't hear the voice of God because you're not of God. And there may be some people here this morning that you need to get born again so that you can hear the voice of God daily in your life. And maybe right now you're hearing His voice of calling you. Calling you to come to Him for salvation. That, my friends, is what you need to respond to because His voice is clear and the Holy Spirit will make that known to you. So we see very clearly our shepherd leads through His example. He leads through His voice. And I want to tell you sometimes with His voice, sometimes, quite frankly, it's a voice that is for correction. Sometimes it's a Voice of encouragement. But nevertheless, His voice is clear in leading us. Number three, notice with me. Not only do we see how the shepherd leads us by His example, by His voice, but thirdly, by His tools. By His tools. What do we see there, his tools? Where do we find that? Notice with me verse number four. He says in this leading, he leads him in the right path for his name's sake, for the glory of God. But notice what it says. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Notice what he says. For thou art with me. And notice his tools. Thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Let me show you a quick picture. This right here is is uh, a good depiction here of what the shepherd would carry uh, in his task as a as a good shepherd. He would have a staff which was longer, sometimes as long as eight feet, and uh, would with a with a hook or a crook at one end, and then he had his rod, which was relatively short, heavy heavy club like device. Uh, more uh, used and and uh, for the, primarily the defense of the sheep. But these are the two things that David is referring to in this passage. You have the rod and you have the staff. And so, uh, thank you for showing that, uh, Brother Mark. But what we want to see here, what we want to see here is that we know that he leads us with these tools. And notice what these tools do. What does the Word of God tell us that these tools accomplish in our life? What is it? Somebody tell me. Comfort. They bring comfort. Now, that in itself is pretty amazing. As we see, the tools are created and designed to bring comfort to the sheep. Now, first of all, I want us to look at this first one. uh, The rod. The rod, again, is that short stick, club-like, which was used to defend wild beasts from the sheep. Uh, the, the Hebrew word, shebet, it's, uh, it means to branch off. It's a stick. 
It's in context, it's used for punishing, for writing, for fighting, for ruling, for walking. Because that same word in the King James translates uh, tribe 140 times, which carries the idea of an, of an offshoot, a tribe or a family. Also, it, it is translated 34 times as a rod, which we just looked at. It also is translated 10 times as a scepter. It's translated twice as a staff, and then there are four miscellaneous translations. But nevertheless, what we see here, what we see here is this rod in this context of a shepherd. Shepherd speaks, number one, as protection. Protection. Notice with me there. He says, you're going to, you're going to, thy rod is going to comfort me. How is it that the rod is going to comfort? Well, I'll tell you this. Is it a comfort to you that the Lord is going to fight for you? I'll never forget it. I was on the phone with with a guy that I won't go into detail, but that I had highly offended. And uh, and he was uh, I was a junior or senior in high school and he called our house and my dad who uh he was he was he was a strong man and and he was in tune with what was going on and dad would not hesitate back in the day i know we got all cell phones now but back in the day we had that landline if you had several phones you could be talking to somebody and somebody can pick up and still be on the line and he would do that often and uh and you say that wasn't right hey he's dad okay but but I remember one time this this uh, fella called me, and he wanted to fight, and he not only fight, but he he actually threatened uh, my life, and he probably didn't mean it. He probably was just it was it was anger, and I had no idea that my dad had picked up the phone, and as soon as those words got out of that man's mouth, my dad just lit up the phone. And I'm not recommending this. This was just my dad's spirit. But this is what he said. Bring it on, boy! Bring it on! Come over to the house right now. I'm here. I'm awaiting you. Bring it on. And bring all who you want to. And I'm thinking to myself, Dad, Dad, Dad. I was embarrassed and happy at the same time. But my dad, when he, had, when he threatened, putting that threat in there on my life, boy, my dad just lit up that phone and my dad was being dead serious. And listen, I want to tell you something, child of God. Don't you doubt for a minute. You have a shepherd that will take up for you. He will protect you when the enemy comes and throws those fiery darts at your life. When he accuses you, when he seeks to destroy you and put you down, you've got a heavenly father that will stand up for his sheep. He will go to battle for you. He died for you. Listen, sheep, I'm a sheep too. We need to realize we got a shepherd that's got a rod ready to take on the enemy anytime they come after us. Can I get a hallelujah right there? Be encouraged by that. I hope you don't think for a moment that your life is done and being overtaken and you're doomed and there's no help for you because you've got a shepherd that's got a rod who's going to come to help you in the time of need. He's going to fight for you. Psalm 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Psalm 46.1 God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. 
Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea? Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hey, I'm telling you this morning, we can rejoice in the fact that God Almighty is there to defend us. He is there to help us. He is there to encourage us. And we need to rejoice in that great truth. It speaks of His protection, but it also speaks of His correction. Now, again, the rod was not primarily used to correct the sheep, but he could. Now, that rod, if, if there was a time they used it, for, they say they, a lot of times they used it to count the sheep, to keep a good uh, number and to be responsible for maybe some that have gotten astray or lost. But the rod was used to count, but also it was used uh, to uh, prod the sheep sometimes. It was used them to, uh, to give them a, a little bit of encouragement. If it inflicted a little bit of pain, yes. But it was for the purpose of getting to the sheep to where they needed to be. The rod and reproof, the Bible says in Proverbs, the rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. I think of that verse in Proverbs that says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. In other words, that word betimes carries the idea of quickly, of, of, of accurately, and, and appropriately. And so we see here that even in the context of a rod, it, 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 there's an idea of correction as well. And I want to tell you, young people, would you listen to me for a minute? Please. Please listen to me. Do not resent the fact that your parents bring correction in your life. Because according to the Bible, God says that is a true sign of love. And I can I know that there are sometimes I, I hear of it and I even thought of it as a young person. I see the wisdom now that my dad and my mom brought accountability in my life, but it was that correction where I thought they were just trying to make me miserable. But I was just in a conversation with someone just the other day in a counseling situation, and I'm counseling a young person, and I got parents sitting right there, mom and dad, brokenhearted over some of the decisions that have been made, and we're sitting there, and I and I, we're giving warning, and the parents it communicated to me that pastor, we've been given warning after warning after warning, and this young person is not heeded, and I gave the illustration. I said, listen. Your parents are giving you warning. Can I, can, can I give you an, an analogy? Imagine you're going down a path that's going down a path of destruction. You don't see it. Okay? There's a dead end. There's a, there's a drop off of, 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 of 2,000 feet. You would fall to your death. But yet you have somebody that steps in front of you on that path and says, please do not go this direction. It's the wrong way. This is the wrong way. This is the wrong action. It's not right. Would you look at that individual as someone that loves you or someone that hates you? He said, I guess loves me. 
I said, right. And is the opposite true? That if you have someone watching you go down a path and it's going over and, and to a, a 2,000 feet drop and you're, you're coming, you're, you're, they're watching you just proceed to your death and they just stand by and don't say anything. They don't give you any warnings. Do they love you? Or do they hate you? I'd say, they hate me. They don't say anything. They don't do anything. And I want to say to you, when God is giving us warning signs and correction and telling us not to go this route, it is for our own good. It is for our own health and it is for our own being. It is for us to succeed. And children, can I tell you, as your parents are doing this, they do it because they love you. They're wanting to warn you. And it is a wise one to hear hear that warning and hear that instruction. You read through the book of uh, Proverbs. And, and, even, and even it says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of His correction. My friends, how do we respond to the correction of the shepherd? How are we responding to the protection of the shepherd? He's there for us. He's there to help us. But not only that, notice with me quickly, notice with me his staff. His staff is, is that longer stick. It is, it is to bring assistance. It is to bring deliverance. And when a sheep would, when a sheep would get tangled up in a bush, or when they would ha- uh, head toward the side of a cliff of some sort, that, that long stick, a lot of times from an awkward position, the shepherd would be able to reach out and pull that sheep in, would be able to hook that sheep and bring them to safety. And that right here is a picture of God's deliverance and His support of us. It is to guide us and to keep us on track. That's why it's a comfort. Because I always know that wherever I go in this life, guess what I can know in my mind without a shadow of a doubt? If I'm a child of God, which I am, and if you can say the same thing, praise God. But you can always guarantee this. You're always going to have a good shepherd following very close beside you with a staff. And a rod. Why? To comfort you. To comfort you. Because He's going to correct. He can protect. He can deliver. He's going to give support. He's there for you. He's not going to leave you. That's just who He is. He's a good and perfect shepherd. And He cares so much about His sheep. And so I'm comforted this morning. That God is never going to leave me alone. But He uses His tools to help me. In fact, in closing, I think of that verse in Hebrews 13.20, which is the end result of trusting in the Lord and His shepherd care. Notice what it says. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Get it. Right here in verse 21. Make you perfect in every good work. That word perfect is the idea of mature. Make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight. Wow. That is awesome. As we think about Father's Day, we think about our God who is the great shepherd. And dads, I want to give you this closing thought. 
as you think about training your kids, do not get weary in well-doing. Do not get weary in correction and instruction. Do not get weary in, in working on those conversations. Working on letting your voice be heard in your family. Do, do not get weary by your example. Have you failed? Yes, you failed. Have I failed? Yes, we failed. We fail every day. But that is not an excuse not to evaluate ourselves and improve daily. Dads, we got to step up. We need to be the under-shepherds in our homes that God's calling us to. He's given us the tools. He's given us the strength. And we need to fulfill what the Lord is wanting to do. But in context with everybody here this morning, I close with this. Are you following the shepherd on the right path? The right path for His name's sake.